Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Squawk Talk. As always, I am your host, Andrew Biggers, and we're very happy to be back. In fact, we think that we put all these technical issues behind us. That's, that's well over and done with. We're back, we're here, and we're, uh, we're not going to stop squawking, no matter oh, yeah. how, uh, however whoever tries to stop yeah, us. Yeah, no so, one can uh, stop sir. us at this point. Mm -hmm. And then with us, as always, is uh, Braden, the French Connection. Braden. What up? You're what it you're wearing that hoodie very well today, you know? Hey, yeah, thank you very yeah, much. Very yeah, glad to represent. Yeah, man, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, Squawk Newcomer, a, uh, a troop. So we're going to give him a little, give him a little oh, clap. Thank you. Y'all are uh, too kind. This man is the future. This is Daniel DeWin. Daniel, how's it going, man? Oh, pretty pretty fantastic, you know, just enjoying this cold weather. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of miserable, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Just a bit, you know. Yeah. Well, um, what do you think of the Squawk Studio? You know, um, I had kind of low expectations coming in, um, but I, I'm not going to lie. It has exceeded every single expectation I had. Well, that's that's what we like to hear. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you're not the first person to say that. Really? I think a lot of people think that we operate outside of a garage, inside of a garage or something. So, mm. I mean, honestly, a garage might be better ventilated. But <laughs> regardless, this is still, this is this is home. This is Squawk Talk. That's what I'm saying. Um so I guess we'll uh, we'll get into uh, a couple of things. Be sure to check out the website, squawkradio.org. Also the Twitter, at Big Squawk, and the Instagram, at Squawk Radio. Yep. Now, um, a new segment that we're introducing, uh, introducing excuse me, is squaw uh, some food for squawk, <coughs> where we take some words of wisdom and we pass them on to you, the listener. So today's uh, food for squawk comes from Mark Twain which says, a full belly is little worth where the mind is starved. Take it home with you. And um, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Daniel DeWint, what is the best or your favorite, either or, military film? Oh, uh, I, I mean, there, there's a lot of people who will argue for a lot of different films. To me, it's hands down Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. You know, it doesn't get much more realistic or gritty or down to earth than that film. So all sorts of crazy stuff happens in that movie. I watch that. I feel like I'm I'm seeing the real deal. You know, you got those 20 year old uh, superheroes storming Normandy Beach. It doesn't get much better than that. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah, that's that's a classic. I, I was watching a South Park yesterday, and it was making fun of how Spielberg and Lucas re-released their films, and then they edited it. And one of the bits was they re-released Saving Private Ryan and they replaced all of uh, they replaced the word Nazis with people with political differences <laughs> and all the guns have been uh, traded out for walkie-talkies so I don't know I thought it was kind of funny yeah, isn't, isn't that what they're what, what some people are trying to do here in uh, the USA these days I think so I, I, I do think so yeah. um, I hope that edition of the film never comes out or sees the light of day but I hope it never becomes a reality. I'm sure there are people who took that less as a joke and more of a suggestion of, hey, maybe we should do this. But, mm -hmm. Braden, favorite, favorite war film? I'm going to have to agree with uh, Daniel, but my sec coming second would definitely be um, Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor, the Mark Wahlberg one. Yeah. If that doesn't inspire you to wake up every morning and be a better person, I don't know what would. You know, I didn't see him... I saw somebody who was affiliated affiliated with him speak at a, at a public event mm. and I don't know if he was you know radioing him information or, or what but he talked about the story and it was um, it's pretty profound and then I mm -hmm. hear the actual lone survivor is going to be speaking at uh, OU oh I think, when I think next week actually man how next much, week or the one following how much for the tickets there you got me mm. well that'd be a good one to attend yes, I think it would. Any, any real patriot <clears throat> Would go yeah. and uh, and and listen to a man like Marcus Luttrell. That's uh, his name, Marcus. Marcus Luttrell. Luttrell. Mm -hmm. Have you ever read the book? I have not. Man, that book that is something else. I'm, I'm telling you. I'll I'm be honest. You. I haven't even seen the film. Let me. Th that that film is one of the most visceral films you will watch. Visceral. Visceral. Uh, talking the things that they had to do. You know they're outnumbered two hundred to four, and they still took out at least half the enemy forces that were up against them. That's 25 Taliban fighters per uh, Navy SEAL. That's a pretty incredible ratio for, uh, for, for combat right there, especially when you have RPGs and light machine guns firing at you nonstop. Yeah. I'm glad they're on our side, needless mm -hmm. to say. Um, for me, I think my favorite military film, I, I really, it's, 
<clears throat> it's long and there's not a ton of combat, but it's you know centered around Vietnam. I, I love the Deer Hunter. I think the Deer Hunter mm. uh, is a great one. Uh, that Russian roulette scene is pretty pretty gritty. Mm. But um, in fact, you know, the when today in history on November twelfth, nineteen seventy one, Richard Nixon announced uh, that he wanted to withdraw about forty five thousand U.S. troops from Vietnam. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like that, that might pertain to you a bit. That was a day. That was a day. I mean, we're doing similar things right now over in Syria. We're, yes, we we're withdrawing all of our troops over there too. Yeah, that's some. I mean, it's both a blessing and a curse. You don't want to. You don't want to have the young men dying on the battlefield, uh, but at the same time, you don't want uh, the spread of poor ideas and bad people, you know, spreading across the world. So you know, it's kind of a catch twenty two. What do you do? Right. You know. Is both a, a win and a loss for us when we pulled people out of Vietnam. Now, uh, in terms of Syria and the current situation, are you following that at all? Uh, to a degree, to a degree. Yeah. Uh, same here, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what do you think? Do you think that we should keep some presence within the country? or? Well, here's the deal. I think that no matter what gets said, no matter uh, how many troops, in quotations, get pulled out of Syria, there's always going to be a U.S. presence there because there's things there that we want and there's connections with people who we want to have connections with. So I think that it's a good thing to pull out some people, but at the same time, we're always going to have to have some sort of force there because we like to say we don't, we're not the police of the world, but at the same time, whenever you're the top dog, you got to police the world. We have a worldwide empire, the first global empire, the United States of America. And so we're always going to have to have some sort of presence, whether that's the CIA or whether that's the actual Marines and Army and Navy and uh, Air Force boys with their boots on the ground. So, Sure. Uh, no, I agree with you. And you do think that the United States is kind of, they have taken on the role of a, an empire at this point? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're like the modern-day Romans. You know, we have the best of everything. We have the best military. We have the best political system. We have uh, the most wealthy individuals in the world for the most part. I, I, I think at this point it's safe to say we're an empire and there's no sense in, in denying that there's no shame there. I, I would venture to say that I agree with you, by the way. I, I would also I would venture to say that we have been kind of, you know, maintaining that image or just that kind of persona for a couple decades at least, mm-hmm. maybe ever since World War II, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely throughout the 50s is when I think it really started to catch its stride. But uh, I want to get into more uh, descriptive uh, info about Syria and about the military and you know X, Y, and Z with you. But, you know, first for our listeners, uh, what, what is your background and what, what do you, who are you? Uh, well, I, I am a senior here at Oklahoma Christian University. Go Birds. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm a social studies education major, preparing to student teach, you know, going to be going to be uh, uh, exercising my, my skills in the classroom here pretty soon, putting them to the test. Um, and then uh, moving on from there, hopefully going to be a United States Marine and not only just a Marine, but an officer in the Marines. That's the plan. Uh, you just got to have that bachelor's degree in order to do so. So I do that. I'm also uh, um, a proud member of Delta Gamma of Delta Gamma Sigma. I'll rep them till the day I die. <laughs> not a, not a better group of men on campus uh, or or in the state of Oklahoma, in my opinion. So that uh, is me. You're a proud man. Um, I admire that. I, I must ask, what made you want to get involved with the Marine Corps? Well, that was something that you know. Like a lot of little boys, I always thought it'd be cool to be in the military. I would always say the Army because I thought that was cool. But then once I started getting older and I started getting a little bit better information, I saw this group of crazy guys with tattoos that are running up and down the battlefield, getting Medal of Honors, and and, and they're called the Marines. And I just said, you know what, I want to be one of those guys. They're exclusive. They're the toughest. That needs to be me. You want to be one of those crazy guys. One of, one of those crazy guys. Yes, sir. <laughs> I embrace that. Well, again, I'm glad you're on our side. Um, you know, maybe for, uh, well, let's, let's get into another question. Uh, this is an interesting one, I think. Uh, what is your ideal life at the age of 65? Mm. Mm. Uh, retired. Yeah. Retired, full, full, full of, uh, of war stories, um, uh, both combat and non-combat and just life. Life can be a war sometimes. That's a whole nother discussion. That, yeah, that's some food for squawk mm-hmm. right there. That, that, that's that deep thinking. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to be retired out in the country. I'm going to have my ATVs. I'm going to have my gun range. I am going to go into town uh, whenever I need groceries or whenever I want to see a movie, and that's about it. And I'm just going to enjoy life sitting on the on the back porch. So that will be me at age 65, hopefully. I don't know. What, what, what about you, Mr. French? Me? 
Oh, retired. Retire, retired, obviously. Um, and we should mention that's getting more and more ambitious to be retired by 65 now. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah these days you almost got to work through your 70s before you can retire. Yeah. But needless to say, you want to be retired by 65? And yeah, I want to be. What are uh, you doing? Who are you with? <clears throat> Who am I with? I'm with my uh, wife. And wife? Um, Betsy? <laughs> uh, Karen. Sure, Betsy. Karen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, in living in the state of Colorado, uh, give me some land, peaceful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and yeah, that's where that's where I want to eventually like pass is Colorado. Mm-hmm. You want to die in Colorado? Yes. On a mountain peak. On a mountain peak. Any yes. certain pose you want to die in? <laughs> Just on a bench, looking out into the sunset. That's a good one. That is a good one. That's a good one. That's uh, that's very good. Yeah, I uh, I think for retirement or I mean, age sixty five, ideally I would be retired. I I have this similar fantasy of the porch. There's a rocking chair. Mm-hmm. There's uh, ducks in a pond. Yes, sir. Um, but there's also a Lamborghini in the driveway. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. fun as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like it would all. I always wanted to move to a small town, and you know, being in Oklahoma, there are plenty of these. So I, I don't know. I, I think, I think the, I think real America is in the small towns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, if you want a couple small towns, you can move <laughs> to Kansas. <laughs> yeah. I'm always, I'm always trying to recruit for Kansas. We don't get enough love out there. No. Is that, the, that, those are your roots? Those are my roots. Yes, sir. I was born in Oklahoma, moved to Kansas whenever I was two, and I stayed there until I left for college. So it's, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to work as a janitor, but it could be anywhere in the world, where would you want to work? Dubai. <laughs> Dubai. <laughs> Me too. That's my, that's my answer too. Dubai, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool to be a janitor uh, in the Oval Office. You know, come in, you know, take out the trash and see, oh, classified, you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's in these documents? I don't know. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Bust uh, open the president's old cigar box. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just well, after hours post up in the, yeah. in the Oval Office well, in this chair. Well, the thing is, I've done my research, and if, which I'm sure you have. If you've seen National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets, uh, you'll know that there's a certain way to unlock this secret compartment in the president's desk. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, hopefully learn to do that. And I wonder if there is such a thing. Like, all that stuff in the movies, yeah, it may not be mm-hmm. real, but there's, is there some stuff like that, though? There's definitely a compilation of classified information only the president and very select few have access to, I, yeah. I think, at least. Yeah. I bet you they have who the real uh, Kennedy killer is in that little drawer. What do you think about the Kennedy assassination, Dwayne? It was not Lee Harvey Oswald. It was at all. It was not. It he was, was not. He was a scapegoat? He was a scapegoat. They, they just used the man, and, and he thought that he was going to get a good payday out of it and that he was going to live comfy in prison and be taken care of. But no, it came back to bite him. It was not him. It was an unknown shooter. See, I think that, if anything, from what I've read, it was... CIA cutting a deal with Castro, mm-hmm. and Castro and the CIA. Castro, I mean Castro, kind of told them it's like he needs to be taken care of, and the CIA said, "All right, you got to meet us halfway." And they maybe dealt with some, you know, a few things logistically speaking, and I, I don't know. I feel like the CIA might have capped him. Do you think? Do you think we'll ever know who the real killer was? I don't know. If we don't know by now, with all of the documentaries and essays and books that have been written about it, then I, I'm not sure. Yeah, that, that's that's like asking if we're ever gonna find a real life Sasquatch. You know, you, you hear about it all the time, but you never get the definitive proof of who, of what it is. You know, we we've had uh, some yeah, proof the on the show. You, you, you walked off. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we've discussed Sasquatches <laughs> <Yeah>. on here. <laughs> last, I like this a lot. Last year we had uh, Alan Reeves, that <laughs> gentleman, call in and give his or um, what was his name? Max um, Max um, Cool. Um, Forget his I can't name. Remember. But stand-up guy, nice guy. And on the mm-hmm. phone, he was uh, recalling a certain encounter with a squatch that he had, in which it was chilling. No it, way, chilling. Dude. I mean, down mm. to like he was so descriptive and let, spared no detail. And it, I don't know. I'm a believer. Me too. I, 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 I want to find a squatch, but the thing is, it's the first step of squatch hunting is you got to understand that you can't go find him; he finds you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but the key, the key is where do you go and how do you isolate so that he does find you? Because I wouldn't even know where to start aside from going to one of those big forests out somewhere in the west. Well, squatches love honey. So I'd and imagine, beef jerky. And beef jerky. So <laughs> hey, I'd, that's true. <laughs> I'd imagine that if I had several sa- sashes with beef jerky around my waist and doused myself in honey and just stayed still in you know, some remote part of the wilderness, he'd come to me. I, I firmly believe that. See, at that point, I feel like you're just gonna you're asking to be a, mauled by like a mama bear or something, trying to feed her little cubs. She's gonna take. She's gonna smoke. Just saying, bears love honey. If you've ever watched Winnie the Pooh, that confirms that. And then they also they're they're carnivorous. So it's gonna love that beef jerky. I think you're just. But you're what if Squatch pulls attack. up at the same time as the mama bear? That's yeah. gonna be an epic showdown. Should <laughs> <laughs> be <laughs> um, No, but I've seen the Revenant. I, I think I could take on a bear. Oh man, you'd have to have one heck of a Bowie knife. Yeah, very true. Did you, you guys have seen that. I know you. I've watched that movie with you, friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've definitely seen that That's movie. That's a great movie. That's an incredible movie. I, I, I wasn't able to finish all of it because I was asleep during about an hour. We, we kept trying to wake you up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that story is, for the most part, I think, true. Well, I don't it know. Is. For the most part, there was a guy named Hugh Glass, which sounds like a joke name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was like a pioneer, and he did kill a bear, apparently. I don't know about all the... Uh, extenuating uh, details surrounding it but well I've actually uh, I read up on it after I watched the movie because I was so interested that man really did crawl like a hundred miles or something like that through the snow because he couldn't walk just to go and kill the man who had ditched him uh, that, that that had left him to die after he'd been attacked by that bear so the real story is it's the motive is revenge the motive is revenge. I don't think that he actually had a son that got killed by the guy. I think he was just mad he got left alone to die. So he ch- he hunted the guy down and then killed him himself. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That man was a real-life superhero. Yeah, I'll say. Um, or more of an anti-hero, I'm sure, since he killed him, but still. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Um, in terms of preparation and training for the Marine Corps, would you say the hardest side of training is psychological or physical? Oh, it's all psychological. I'd say 90% psychological, 10% physical. Really? Absolutely, without a doubt. How come? Because they know that if they can make you strong mentally, you can handle anything. It's one thing if you're strong and if you can PT good. I've seen men who were six foot four and could bench press a bus that they dropped out of training a couple weeks in because they couldn't handle the psychological aspect. You know, you have to think about where you're going to be at on a battlefield. Whenever you've got bullets flying by, RPGs coming in, people getting shot next to you, you want to be able to function, and you got to be able to function like a machine. You receive your order, and you go and you carry out that order. Or in my case, you come up with it with what the with what you want to do. You give out that order, and you watch everybody go to work. You don't want any issues. So you want to be more on an officer's role is more strategy. Officer's role is way more strategy. I train <clears throat> the staff sergeants and the gunnery sergeants and the sergeants. Then they go and they train everybody else in the, in the platoon, so that whenever I say, "All right, we've been pl- we, like, let's go train to attack this objective," they already know what they're supposed to do. I just say, "Go take that hill," and they know how to take that hill properly. Now you did basic training this summer, right, or some of it? I did not. I not. I was supposed to <clears throat> go, and then the old injury bug came up and bit me, and they just decided to roll me back until this upcoming summer. So you're going to be participating in basic training? I will be participating in basic training, yes. You nervous? You know, I used to be nervous. Now I'm just ready. I'm excited. Bring it on. That's the right attitude for a Marine to have. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. a very can-do spirit. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know why I, my mind goes to this, probably because I've watched many movies, but Full Metal Jacket, <laughs> if you encountered some kind of mentally deranged individual who you were training... What's protocol on that? What do you What do you do? Well, <laughs> such a weird question. I know, but you know, bear you with know us here. that that's something that like it really makes me wonder what what I do because you if if there's a crazy guy on the battlefield, wouldn't you almost want him to be on your side? I would rather be behind the crazy guy than you know facing him. Exactly, exactly. That man could be an absolute dog out on the battlefield. So if you can utilize him, utilize that man. Now, if you know that he's crazy and a danger to himself or if he's a danger to one of your Marines or one of your soldiers, whatever it is, it depends on whatever branch you're in. If he's a danger to either himself or the people who he's with, then, yeah, you got to kick him out. But if he's that kind of crazy you can rein in and just use solely against the enemy, that right there is a Medal of Honor recipient because he'll go and he'll do anything to win. 
What do you think of Chris Kyle? Chris Kyle, that man is an American hero. So to people that call him, you know, murderer, pig, all, you know, just the worst. Like, what is your what is your rebuttal? Because he's got a he, he's got a lot of critics. He and... does, he does, and I think that he definitely has made some mistakes. But you know, he's a human, just like any of us. Um, and I think it's you know it's it's unpopular, but war is war. There's nothing fair. There's nothing nice. It's dirty. Nobody wants to do it. And so with people like Chris Kyle, they can get the job done. And they'll do the things that you might not be willing to do or the person walking down the street might not be willing to do. But because he's able to do the things that he was doing, we're able to find uh, an end to whatever conflict is taking place. I would rather have the conflict get ended early than have it stretched out like it is now. There's a reason that the conflict keeps going on because of all the rules of engagement. You can't fire unless you've been fired upon. And And even after you've been fired upon, you can only fire back with certain weapons depending on what they're using. How I see it, if you know where the enemy is, if it's clear-cut, you just take them out and you move on. When we could have been out of Afghanistan and Iraq and that whole area within a year, but now we've been over there in what's now the longest uh, war that America's been a part of in our entire history. That's actually a really good segue. I was going to ask you what your thoughts on Iraq in particular are. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that involvement went, I mean, you kind of just said, but it went way too long? Do you think we had any reason to actually declare war against Iraq? What, What do you... What are your thoughts? I think that they had WMDs, weapons of mass destruction. I think that they were also being aided by potentially the Russians, uh, maybe even the Chinese, throw them in there, another one of those semi-communist countries, just very socialist countries, um, because they didn't want us to find them. That's why we got sent on that goose chase for so long. Just think, the president and his entire cabinet staked their whole reputation on finding them, on finding those weapons, and we didn't find them. But I don't think that the president or his cabinet would have ever staked their reputation in the way they did if they weren't there. And so we were there for a reason, and there was bad people there that we needed to get rid of. I mean, we had bin Laden there. He was running around, hiding from us, then he went back to Afghanistan. And, you know, there's just connections everywhere. There's terror cells everywhere. I think that what we did was justified. Now, at the same time, I think we also had a lot of interest in the oil industry because they produce Dick oil. Cheney and oil made is money. money off the Iraq. Yes, war. he How did. Look it up. <laughs> See, that, that's the I would say the popular, not the consensus, but for the most part, popular opinion now is that it, it was because you know after 9/11, obviously there was some kind of response that was expected. We were expected to take some kind of action, mm-hmm. and I think that. You know, could I, did you see Vice? Which the, one? The movie uh, Dick Cheney, Christian Bale plays him. I have not seen that one yet, no. Because well, I, I hated that movie, and I, so I read up a lot about Dick Cheney, because, you know, as you know, you've heard me say multiple times, Cheney mm-hmm. made money off the Iraq War. But in the movie, they portray him as, you know, this guy who, as soon as he saw the second tower fall, he had an idea. He saw an opportunity to cash in and reap all this money in his uh, company, Halliburton. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. And granted, I don't think. I mean, none of us were really in that room, so none of none of us mm-hmm. know what happened. But I definitely think that it was an emotional response, and I think that it might have been more of a greedy coincidence if anything, that Mm -hmm. Halberton made as much money as they did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, business is business. You know, you're always looking to increase the profits, you know, and people who are that successful, you know, they're going to jump on whatever opportunity presents itself. So I could see that definitely being a possibility. I mean, war makes money. War does make money. Always has, always will. It always, always. Think think, Think about how we got out of the Great Depression. We got out of the Great Depression due to war. You know, it got, it gave us jobs, it gave us money, it gave us industry. All those things are given to you by war. So that's why in the past, you look at ancient history, people would always stay in a state of war because A, it would give them, you know, more areas and more resources, but then at the same time, that generates revenue. And so you got to keep it rolling. Yeah. And I mean, most of the time brings community together as well. It does. It forms a sense of community. Mm -hmm. Um, As a Marine, who or, you know, what do you, not fear, but what do you see as a very viable threat in the coming years. That's something that it's kind of undefined at this point. You know, we've been in the war against terror for so long. That's kind of where what I see myself having to face, at least during my first couple enlistments. Um, I will be honest, though, Iran. They're looking a little bit more. 
I don't think it's crazy either. No. They they are just looking a little bit more uh, iffy every single year. And I think that if things keep going the way they do, there could be a very real chance of a conflict with them. And if there is, then that could also mean, well, we're going to be in a bit of a proxy war with Russia because they're close allies with Iran. Yeah, and Russia has certain assets within the confines mm-hmm. of Iran. Uh, what do you think about Trump saying he's considering going to Russia's, is it May Day? Uh, it's that big parade that they do in Moscow where they show off all of their newest military mm-hmm. advancements and you know they've, they've got tanks going down the giant boardwalk or whatever it is as well as you know all their troops and everything like, wh- wh- what do you think about that do you think that's inappropriate or you know i don't know how exactly i feel about that because i like to think that we can reconcile with russia and that we can be a little bit friendlier you know because we haven't been super friendly with them in the past but at the same time we have been friendly for a reason, so I don't know necessarily if it is a good idea for him to go. I know it won't be good for his public image, that's for no. sure. Not over here. People aren't going to like that. So personally, if I was the president, I would not go to that particular thing with Russia. I would not mind meeting with them, but I would not go and support them in their military endeavors because that's in direct conflict with us and our allies. Now, regarding you know Iraq specifically, sorry, I just kind of jumping all over the place, mm-hmm. but... You know, when you see the amount of troops that died for, you know, what it seems to be a lost cause, given that, you know, the war on terror mm-hmm. seems to be endless at this point. This is not, you know, an army that wears uniforms. It's very hard to identify. What What do you think or how do you think the U.S. government treated its soldiers? You know, I think that they did about the best that they could do. Um, I think that the VA sucks they 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 they're they're not easy to work with. I wish that they would be uh that they'd be a little bit kinder to a lot of the veterans that go in and out of there because it's unfortunate. There's a lot of people who try and cheat the system, so that puts a bad taste in their mouth. But then there's a lot of people who are true veterans uh, who really did put in time, who lost you know limbs and lives, and, and they you need know, some of those benefits. They need those care. benefits. They need those benefits, and they're being very respectful. And they're being denied, or they're everything's being slow because of the system. Um, but how the government, you know, kind of treated the troops, I, I, I think they did all right. I, I, I mean, I think that no matter what, you could always do a little bit better. Uh, you could always do a little bit better. There's always room for improvement. Uh, but given the situation, um, I mean, there wasn't a draft or anything. Everybody that was over there wanted to be over there. They all volunteered. So I think that they've been taken care of pretty well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've read stories and personal accounts of experiences, nightmarish mm-hmm. experiences with, regarding the VA, you know, with the VA. And it just <clears throat> seems like that's something that should be pretty clear in, mm-hmm. you know, what, what it sets out to do and also how it accomplishes it. I don't mm-hmm. understand how it, because this is not new. This has been going on for oh, decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't understand why it's so lackluster of an operation. I don't know either. I don't know either. I, I think it's literally just because people like to lie about what they're dealing with. Because if I come into the VA, let's say that I come into the doctor's office, right? And I say, you know, I'm having a lot of pain. They say, well, can you prove that? And you say, yes, because it hurts. Well, who are they to tell you that you're not actually in pain? And so then they have to decide, is this man actually hurting or is this woman actually hurting? Should I give them the extra prescription? of opiates to help them, do, help them deal with this? Or are they just a hopeless drug addict that they're just trying to get their next fix? And so it's hard to balance that. And I think that's where some of the issues arise because you can't tell the truth from uh, the lie that's coming out some of the time. And that, that that's, that's what's causing issues there. Because I think the stigma is that it's, or at least this, just the situation with the VA is very similar to welfare. Yes. You know what I mean? And they're, uh, granted, mm-hmm. they're both you know, social programs, but still, I feel like people are just as quick to assume someone is lying mm-hmm. with welfare as they are with the VA. Mm-hmm. And either way, that's just, there's no excuse. They got to they gotta get on top of it. Exactly. Uh, Don, if you're listening, you know what to do. <laughs> uh, well, what has been the craziest thing that's happened to either of y'all this week? <laughs> This week. The week, the week it's been is a young, week. But yeah. Let's yeah. just talk Monday. Anything crazy happened Monday? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> did it ice Monday or did it ice yesterday? Ice, it ice yesterday. <laughs> it was it Monday. Iced yesterday. Wait, was yesterday Monday? Yes, today's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, that already shows you how this week has yeah. been going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Braden's been going to the doctor saying he's in pain too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, yeah. yesterday did go to class. Um, go to class. Wow. No, dude. I don't. I think what it's been. Shame. I think it's been the cold that I've been wanting to like stay in and just. I know. Feel lazy. You know? I'm. I'm surprised classes were not canceled. Yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. If if, if if student life is listener, whoever is in charge of that, John DeStagger, I don't know, <coughs> leadership of OC. If you're listening, if it's icing like that, don't make the students go to class. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't even able to get into my car because it, the ice, you know, my window has to come down before my door opens. Right. So all the ice is stuck up on my window and stuff, so I can't mm-hmm. get into it. Yeah, it was a very long endeavor just trying to clear my windshield mm-hmm. yesterday of all the ice. But Yeah, I mean, I saw one of the kids at the high school that I'm uh, teaching at literally having to try and chisel off the ice from their windshield with a credit card. You know, how sad is that? I was doing the exact same yeah. thing yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you should feel worse for me or the kid, but um, <laughs> either way. So you, you said you wanted to be a social studies teacher? Social studies teacher, uh, but admittedly, I'm, I'm, I want to be a, a teacher coach. I wa- or l- I, l- let me re- reverse that, a coach teacher. I'm learning to teach that, that I can be a coach. So dodgeball full-time Yes. History part-time. Yes. We're, we're going to be hosting those dodgeball tourneys and cranking out packets and documentaries in class. So that's going to that's gonna be what it's like. I'm going to have the fun detention. All the kids are going to want to hang out with Mr. DeWitt. Mr. DeWitt. Because we have fun in my class. The crazy old Marine with all the tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I'll, I'll, somebody will drop a pencil on and I'll, I'll say, Great! And jump away. <laughs> uh I, I can't believe we're sitting here with a real a real troop. Yeah, I this know, is dude. a first. You know, this mm-hmm. has been a big year for Squawk so far. We've had a member of local government, a representative, mm-hmm. come on. Uh, oh wow! Who is that? Uh, representative Mike Sanders, who wow. uh, said he was looking forward to coming back on. So, Representative Sanders, if you're listening, the mics are open and waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also yesterday was Veterans Day, wasn't it? Yes, it, it was. was. So, uh, mm-hmm. even though it's late. Um, Happy late Veterans Day to all our veterans out there. Thank you for your service. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you for your service. Thank and you. On top of that, I don't know how I missed this. Today is actually World Pneumonia Day, which is mm. a registered holiday. I don't know if it's celebrating pneumonia or raising awareness, <laughs> but I happy World Pneumonia Day. Um, did you guys hear about Instagram's new video editing feature? I have video not. Video editing? No. So it's... TechCrunch reported this, and we've done some work with them in the past, and they're they're pretty reliable. But it's called Reels, R E E L S, and it's TikTok. It's the exact same thing. So they're trying to make <laughs> this uh, this feature where you can make a 15 second video, edit it, add music, and do whatever, just to try and corner the market and take on TikTok. Yeah. Well, you already know that the 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 T on TikTok, with that being just a recreation of Vine and not being as good, right? <laughs> I think I think TikTok is cancerous. I I, I I've hate it. as long as I've been on it for maybe since the begin not the beginning of the school year, maybe the week after school started, and it's just grown to all these young kids doing dumb stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like it's they're pointless. Stuff. It's it's stuff probably not to talk about on on here, but parents, look at your children's TikToks because mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It's not haunting. good. Yeah. It's 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 it's. I don't know. Everything don't know. from the dance moves they use to the words they say. Yeah. Well, I and mean, like some some people are just they need to put more clothes on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is there nude? No, there no. There's not TikToks? nude things on there. It's just like because TikTok the users are like <clears throat> 18 and below mostly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and all I these younger girls are showing stuff that they shouldn't be showing. That's ridiculous. So you're saying OC should enforce their dress code policy on TikTok. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, Dresses I, only. If you show your ankles, that's bad. We're instituting Sharia law on TikTok. Yeah. No, Brandon, I think I'm smelling what you're stepping in. I, I do think it's I think it's ridiculous. And, you know, it's it pales in comparison to Vine. I loved Vine. Oh, Vine was great. Had no problems like... Like what TikTok is having. Yeah, I had some quality vines too, so oh, it, yeah. it's very sad to say that I will never mm-hmm. see them again. But regardless, I don't, I don't know. I think Instagram has got a fair shot of taking this on, especially, especially considering the fact, like what you said, the majority of TikTok users mm-hmm. are probably 18 and below. So the yeah. majority of Instagram users, I would say, 
don't even know, uh, but it, it's definitely a wide, much wider range. Oh yeah, on Instagram, okay. definitely, without a doubt. So I, I don't know. And uh, you I'm, just look at how many users are on Instagram too. Just about every one of their dog has Instagram, so why not? <laughs> Joe Rogan's dog is on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Phil, there's Literally, so many yeah. dog pages on. Like I, I follow I a few myself. Yeah, me too. Pug life. You really follow it? Yeah, pug, pug life. life. Uh. I love me. I love me those sweet little pugs. <laughs> they, they remind me of little 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 aliens. Just the way they waddle around and just like like slobber everywhere. They're cute. Man, most <laughs> troops are gonna be thinking of mom's uh, homemade cooking on the battlefield. You're just gonna be thinking of pug, pug. life. Yeah. <laughs> that's the truth. That's gonna get me through the long hard nights. Let me tell you. Like you're not you're not gonna have a German Shepherd out there with you. You're gonna have a pug. Yeah, I'm gonna have a pug. I'm, <laughs> it's it's gonna be. By my side, I'm gonna have him dressed up in his dress blues all the time. He's gonna be looking <laughs> slick. I'll give him a haircut every, once a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I gotta see that finished project. <laughs> uh, Call him Sergeant Slaughter. One, th- <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I do really love about TikTok is that people use it as a very serious emotional tool. Oh my! So there, God. it's like you know, there's like oh, this whole sub world in TikTok, and it's a uh, you know, heartbreaks. So mm-hmm. people that have just gotten divorced, <laughs> yeah. like, no, it, the thing yeah. is, it's hilarious because it's just insanely cringeworthy. Oh, yeah. Um, just, you know, it, it's, it, I wish we had a video so we could <laughs> pull it up, but there, I've seen some that are just, that, you know, you can't unsee them. Well, have you seen the ones that it's like, uh, it, it'll be somebody talking to the camera and, and they're making it like a scenario, like, like there's this one I was watching just the other day is is some chick you know standing or excuse me some young woman standing in, in a hallway she she looked like she was supposed to be a teacher or something she had some books and she turns to the camera and says hey what are you doing out here what are you going to talk back to me why aren't you in class what do you think you're doing and it's the most awkward thing you'll ever experience you're just sitting there and, and, and you'll see people make parodies of these things or wherever they're responding and saying like what are you doing but that's the hey, why why would you put that on there it doesn't that's, make that's me laugh. People want to see. People want to see cringe. They do. It, we live in a cringe culture. Yeah, and the thing is, I think that the meme culture is mm-hmm. slowly but surely transitioning into an overall cringe culture. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The we memes have, aren't what they used to be. No, they aren't. Uh-uh. I will. I will say though, um, I'm very thankful for Caleb Brown <laughs> in adding me to that group chat from University of Arkansas. It's called the Arkansas Meme Machine and there's about 3600 people in there. And it's I have it on mute, but if I'm I'm bored or something, I, I will just click on it and I have like 184 unread messages, <laughs> some very very fresh content. I would and I would like to get added. I think I can add you to that, Dwayne. I think I can oh, work something do, out. Oh, please do. Please do. I literally just taught a class to my peers uh, last week over how to make a proper meme. There's a big difference. You have norm memes, you have dank memes. <laughs> you can't you use norm memes. You specialize in the dank memes? I specialize in the dankest of memes. They have to be edgy. They have to be topical. They they, they have to be 2019-esque. They cannot be stuck in 2003. I don't want the boy in the sweater vest saying, like a boss. No, thank you. I don't want that. I want something funny. Oh, that boy had his time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think if a meme's not topical, it's not... It's not that funny. No. Yeah. Uh, I would. Well, actually, let me just ask you, this. what are you doing teaching classes about memes? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I had to put together um, a lesson just on the fly in class. We have these cool little cameras. It's like a swivel camera. And so basically you put this little tracking device, you clip it to your shirt, and there's a camera and you stick your phone on there, and then it will track you through your class so you can record your lessons as you teach. So if you want to go back and look at it and see, oh, well, I was had a nervous tick. I kept on clicking my marker over and over. Or if I kept saying, uh, ooh, uh, you know, doing all those little filler things as I'm speaking, oh, I can critique myself. And so we're allowed to teach about anything. So I said, you know what? I want to teach about something that is important, something that uh, is going to help us be good, functional adults in the real world. And that to me is making a good meme. I don't, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> meme that I used was it was it was an Epstein meme. Oh, um, don't you want to you want to squawk Epstein? Squawk Epstein. Mm-hmm. You want to do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Who killed Jeffrey Epstein? Doing Hillary Clinton. Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> no, no hesitation. Hillary Clinton. I have I have I have picture proof. I, I wish I could show it. I have picture proof of her literally draping a rope around his neck. 
Oh, I see. <laughs> I know exactly. What you're <laughs> <about>. <laughs> um, no, no Photoshop involved. Well, you talk about something that I want to be revealed in the future. I, I care much more about this than JFK. No offense. You know, <laughs> to the That's Kennedy, old news, but yeah, I, th- this is huge. Th- this is like OJ times twenty. Like th- this. Oh is, yeah. This is something else. Mm-hmm. I I really think that there was some foul play. Oh, there was definitely foul play. Think about the people who he had over to his little mansion. He had... Bill Clinton 26 times. Bill Clinton. He had... Uh, uh, which, which prince was it from over in England? One of the princes of England or like Prince of Wales, something like that was over there. I, I think even our very own Donald Trump, President of the United States, visited that place once well, or see, twice. Trump, because I've heard Trump say, no, I've never been over there, but... I know for a fact that he and Epstein were friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I remember, I'm sure you guys saw that video when it surfaced of him at a party. Mm-hmm. And he's like pointing to some, oh, she's hot. You know, like yeah. pointing to some girl. And it shows the girl. She's not underage or, you know, seemingly not underage. But still, it's just having any kind of affiliation with that kind of a monster is very, very poor PR. Yes, it's a bad look all around. doesn't matter who you are. Because I... There's a great podcast I listened to uh, from Alec Baldwin, longtime friend of the show, and he he interviewed the reporter who exposed him in the Miami Herald, mm-hmm. and she interviewed a couple of the girls that had escaped and or, you know, not escaped re- literally, but you know had gotten out of the whole scene, and they told him they told her it, they said uh, you know it, it, he would make us promises he would say he's gonna really get us, you know, get us, move us up in the world, get us good jobs. And he would sometimes, he would pick girls and, you know, that, you know, he'd ask, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to become an, a model or I want to become an actress. And he'd make calls and he'd get them gigs. Yeah. But, and I guess that was his way of legitimizing it. But I also heard the reporter say that this, I don't know if it was her specifically that visited his, visited his house or someone else that was working with her. But this person that was visiting his house said that there were at least like anywhere from on a day daily basis three to five different women new oh, each yeah. time entering mm-hmm. and leaving the house just so he could have sex. Like yeah, the guy who clearly had some kind of a sexual adi- sex addiction. Or well, well, think about that's kind of like uh, Dan Bilzerian. You, you ever follow you follow him on Snapchat at all? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He always has an honor an entourage of about thirty models just with him at all times, mm-hmm. and you know. That, that that he's not letting him just hang out to hang out. Now, what do you think about that lifestyle? Do you think that's vain? Do you think that's superficial? <sighs> do you, or do you think that, you know, he's he's a made man, he's successful, let him do what he wants? You know, I, I think it's kind of vain. I think it's really superficial. He, he does all that just to show off to people to say, hey, look at me, I have a lot of money. I feel like if you take away those other things, you, but leave him with the money, I think he, deep down, is a very insecure man. And he has to do that to try and maintain a specific image of himself. You know, you look look at how often he works out. He does that because he wants to look good. If he doesn't look good, then there's an issue. I think that I think he's just very very self absorbed. Right. Um, <clears throat> I kind of think along the lines like what Daniel said. Um, I also believe that maybe he's just because like he has that company called Ignite. Um, the marijuana. It's the yeah, CBD, the CBD, THC kind of stuff. Yeah. Because he, um, he made all of his money in poker, right? Yeah. He started poker. that company. He started the company. Well, never forget, though, he came from a wealthy family. He oh, had money from that. the get-go. And then he just happened to make more because he was good at poker. So don't 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 be yeah. – uh, don't, don't think that he has a rags-to-riches story. Yeah, no, definitely that. not. Um, but – I think yeah he could be doing that, but also mm-hmm. maybe like to promote like his, his um, because they're also models for Ignite and stuff like that. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. and so maybe to just promote his um, company and stuff just like a that. Promotional, promotional thing as well, and also also like look at me, I'm living the life that everyone else yeah. wants to live, kind of thing. See, I think everything about his life is just one massive pr- promotional. It's thing. It's a huge movie. That's all that it is. It's not none of it's authentic it's all it's all made and it's just for show it, it's yeah. all for show it's all for show the real Dan Bilzerian uh, we'll, we'll never know who he is he's never gonna let that side of him out he's probably an avid stamp collector <laughs> he probably is <laughs> he probably is he's got all fifth uh, all, all the presidents you know lined up in a row in a little box in his you know, with sure his stamps 
I'm just something like that. I bet you he collect. I bet you he collects all the special quarters that get released throughout the year. You know. Oh, all the special <laughs> editions. All the special editions. He has all fifty states. Plus, he's got like Fiji and all the other stuff. You know. Yeah, the freak unofficial states. Yes, yeah. exactly. Did you guys hear that Kanye is going to be going to Joel Osteen's church? No this way. Sunday? Wow. Yeah, and the thing is, I'm a huge. I'm a huge Kanye fan. Yeah. I think Kanye is one of the, I think he's this generation's Michael Jackson. Uh, you know, without the pedophilia, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I kind of hate, not only do I hate the album, the most recent one, but I hate this push to condemn everything that he's been about in his past just because he says he's a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nothing against being a man of faith. But I truly do believe that it's it's a stunt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at the success of you know uh, other rappers when they put out Christian themed albums. Uh, Chance the Rapper, Coloring Book, that was huge. He rode that wave for two or three years. Mm-hmm. And you've got Big Sean's most successful album was the one in which it was. I decided that's one in which he was you know all about coming to faith and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think with an artist as versatile as Kanye West, where each album brings out a different, all-new, never-before-seen persona, this is just one of those. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it's kind of below the belt. I think it's kind of lowbrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I understand that, but uh, uh, may, may I ask, are, are you a Christian yourself? Yeah, I, I'm a Christian. You're I'm a, a Christian? I'm a believer. So, well, in that case, then do you think it's fair of you to just... Uh, to just to to assume, I guess, that Kanye um, isn't actually reformed. Shouldn't you be happy and encouraged by him to support him to say if he wants to procla- proclaim the gospel as a Christian, go ahead and proclaim it. No, because here's the thing: I truly do believe that this meeting with o- Osteen is the start of something huge. I think Kanye West sees an opportunity, just as he's you know seized with the Sunday services, which are great, great mm-hmm. music being produced there. But I think he's going to start his own church. I think Kanye West is going to become, not a televangelist, but Mm -hmm. maybe the first music, I don't even know what you call it, but a a, a huge kind of shill evangelist of the age of information during the streaming age, like Mm -hmm. on multiple platforms. I mean, you look at this guy, he is known and venerated all throughout the world. People Mm -hmm. love Kanye. And I... Just listening to you know his other albums and then hearing this one, I just don't buy it. So I mean, you can call me call me a skeptic, call mm-hmm. me you know a mm-hmm. you know a, a bore or whatever. I I just I don't buy this. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is this is marketing. And and, and I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. The only thing that and I've I've had a lot of those same thoughts. The only thing that has kind of kept me from completely running with that is. Take um, one of the biblical characters, for example, like Paul. Before he was Paul, he was Saul. Saul was anti-Christian, and he persecuted and killed Christians. And then in one moment, snap the fingers, whatever, now he's the most devout man, you know, to to try and follow Christ almost. So the change can happen according to the Bible. So so how do you you approach that? You got to think in what time of times, like, Back when Paul was doing his thing, he was killing his people. I know. No, yeah. <laughs> okay, but you have to think about now. Is Kanye chasing the money? Is he chasing fame and stuff like know. that? We don't know. Well, I mean, we obviously, know. we'll probably see here in a in a couple of years if he's really about it. But I just think time will tell. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, I, I I agree with that. Yeah. I just I don't know. I think the it's, timing it, is too convenient. Mm-hmm. This new album comes out, and then. Before it even comes out, all these statements come out that he's issued saying, well, what did he say? If you've had premarital sex, I don't want you to work with me. If you, <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you're, if you're working with me and my crew, like, you better not curse around me. And it's like, I think this is just a publicity mm-hmm. stunt. I don't know any person of faith that would go to mm-hmm. those great of lengths. And, you know, that, that, that in itself, you know, now that you say that, that's not a very Christian-like attitude, no, you know. Jesus accepted everyone, you know, every sinner. Yeah, he, he hung out with the worst of the worst. So why should it matter if somebody's messed up in the past? That shouldn't be grounds to push them away from you. You would want to welcome those people in. So maybe you're right. I don't know. All, the only the only person or being that will actually ever know this is the man upstairs. That's what we all mm-hmm. know. So we can just hope for the best. 
A little bit off topic. You guys have heard that Kanye is uh, trying to run for president in 2020, right? Or not 2020, 2024. 2024, yeah. It was 2020. It was 2020. 2024 now. Yeah. 2024. Yeah, and the thing is, I think that Trump has kind of sparked a reaction, a chain reaction in which future elections will have, I don't know if every, every election, but I think there will be more and more elections in which people with no political background whatsoever mm-hmm. try and run. If Oprah Winfrey joined the Democratic ballot, do you honestly think that she would, I, I guarantee you, she would be in the top three? Oh, she would have such a big following. <laughs> I don't know, but that's the thing. It's like Oprah, yeah. Oprah could do it. Ellen could do it. Oh, and then uh, well, d- didn't didn't Dwayne the Rock Johnson talk about running for Dwayne president? The Rock Johnson really wants yeah. to. Yeah. Um, Imagine having that man as your president. Be a, it'd be pretty funny. It'd actually. be an intimidating <laughs> figure right <laughs> there. Well, have you guys have you guys seen Idiocracy? I have not. Uh, Mike Judge, the guy who made King of the Hill and Office Space, made this movie called Idiocracy, and it's all like social commentary. It's like we're all heading towards this idiocracy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this guy who's in a military experiment of cryogenics, he sleeps for over 500 years and he, you know, wakes up. And the world is just advertisements everywhere. Costco is a city. The president is uh, President Cucamonja or something like that. It's Terry Crews who walks into every press conference <laughs> blasting a machine gun. And it's like no, no one drinks water. Everyone drinks this Gatorade variation. And mm-hmm. it, it's very funny, but I don't know. I think, you know, maybe... Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Oprah <laughs> Man would go down that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. I think if any movie is called the future, the, you know, quite accurately, it is probably Wally. I think that Wally oh, yeah. is a tried and true mm-hmm. example of uh, a direction which we're heading in. But it's also crazy how many times The Simpsons have predicted the future. They yeah. have been spot on on so many things. Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Oh, the e- Benghazi, the emails, yeah, scandal, mm-hmm. which is just unheard of. That I want to know who's really writing the Simpsons. Yeah, who is it? Some insider. Will you guys be purchasing or you know, subscribing to Disney Plus? That is something I was having conversations with people uh, 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 on today. I I really want to. Yes, I want to watch the Mandalorian. I want to, but then either Netflix has to go. Well, Netflix, Netflix has been going downhill for a while. They, yeah. Last year, they spent 113 or $130 million just keeping, either, I can't remember which it was, but it was either The Office or Friends alone. Just, Friends. Just Holy for another cow. year. Yeah. And I hate Friends, I'll be honest. Oh, I mean, that my is, goodness. Friends is a terrible show. <laughs> You're terrible. You know, I... I, <laughs> I, I <laughs> Friends is awful. Oh, See, that was one goodness. of those shows that I hated it, then I loved it, and now it, I am just so lukewarm on it. You know, I can watch an episode, but man, you try making me watch two or three, eight, I'm done. Mm-mm. It's the 90s Big Bang Theory. It is. That's exactly what it is. You're laughing. You know I'm right. You know how many times they've had to repeat things for that? Wherever they, they had uh, uh, romances between Ross and uh, and uh, Jennifer Aniston's character. That was like five different times that they break up and get back together. How many times are you going to do that before you either leave them broken up or leave them together? That's not that's good. What, that, that's, that's not a good TV show. It, that, it's because they ran out of fresh it's ideas. It's because they're friends. Yeah, 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 exactly. The title. <laughs> uh, Whatever. No, no. It's, it's, it's lame, man. No. I have heard from pre-screenings, I've heard very good things about The Mandalorian. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it just to see Carl Weathers back in action. Girl. Yeah, Apollo Creed coming mm-hmm. back to the screen. Yeah, I haven't seen that man in a minute. I, w- I would, I would. How much is it? Do we know? I think Se- yeah. seven or yeah, six ninety nine. I think it's either six ninety nine or seven ninety nine a month. I think it's seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine a month. Has it already came out? Well, yeah, everyone's got a free trial, yep. right? A free one week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I'm. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I, I'm anti-Disney, mm-hmm. so I'm boycotting Disney Plus. However, I'm a huge Simpsons fan, mm-hmm. um, so that it's, it's difficult because <laughs> they have every single episode of The Simpsons on Disney Plus. Yep, yeah. every every single episode. But the thing is. This is the new age right here because HBO is launching a streaming service that's premium. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a lot of talk that uh, a sequel to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is going to end up on there. I would love to watch that. What would you think of Joker? That movie might have been the saddest movie I have ever seen. Really? Yes. You know, my, I went into it and my brother, he told me, he, he warned me, he said, Daniel, now I'm just going to tell you right now, this movie is going to start out bad. 
and then it's just gonna get worse for the rest of the film. He's like, it will never get better for this man. And I was like, well, I'm sure it's gonna get bad, but surely. No, it literally only got worse for that man. And it's so sad because you can see different people, or at least I could, I was able to visualize different people or scenarios uh, that I've either, either encountered or heard of uh, that are so relatable to so many things that he faced. Yeah. I don't know, it spoke to me. I thought it was a great film. Well, the thing is, it, okay. it's, it's really a character study just of this yes. guy and his you know, downward spiral mm -hmm. into madness. But I, the first time I saw it, I, I was thinking, this was so unnecessary, this should not have been made. That I, I think the cinematography will win best, oh, best yeah. cinematography. It, oh, well, yeah. it won't win best picture. Uh, I think Joaquin did a great job. Mm -hmm. But the second time I saw it, I, I, was, I was a lot more engaged and I knew what to expect because first time you see it, it just seems so gratuitous. You know, they try and get, you know, they try and just you know, make it as edgy as possible mm -hmm. with every other scene. Mm -hmm. And, but I, it's it's very entertaining, I'll say that much. Yeah, that was just one of those movies I was never comfortable. I, I was always just, I felt uneasy watching it the whole time. Did you see it, Frenchie? I haven't seen it. What are you doing, man? Then I'm waiting to see it. Dude, I mean, I need someone to go with me, bro. I'm not a person that goes watch Betsy. this movie by themselves. Yeah. Betsy, she's out of town, oh, Karen. dude. Karen. <laughs> Karen is with her out of town. Ah, uh, uh, man. Uh, that's, a, that's disappointing. That is disappointing. Yeah. Uh, do you guys see that NASA is going to be unveiling a new spacecraft that looks almost identical to the one in Interstellar. I did not see that. Really? That's no. pretty cool. It's, it looks just like a stingray. Mm, mm -hmm. And it's supposedly, it, it's called uh, Breeze, which is bio-inspired ray for extreme environments and zonal explorations. It's a pretty great acronym, honestly. That's an awesome acronym. Um, but it's going to be circling and gathering data of Venus. Mm-hmm. Because apparently they say that life could have existed for, uh, I think, three billion years ago mm -hmm. on Venus, which is very fascinating. So very. So what if they find out that that is true? Do we just start sending people there? <laughs> no, because Venus is largely volcanic. It's way mm -hmm. too hot for anything to actually live there now. Mm -hmm. But if you know there was life three billion years ago, and you could really trace back through fossil records and everything what went wrong or what happened what natural disaster mm -hmm. occurred to take them out or maybe it wasn't a natural disaster whatever maybe you could pertain that or relate it to what is going on on earth mm -hmm. and exactly yeah is it isn't venus the one that has the massive storm yes i thought so isn't that nuts did you see cosmos I did not see Cosmos. Cosmos I, wait, is that is the one great. with is, is that with Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yeah, yeah. I watched one episode and I really liked it. I've seen I've seen the full thing once and then there are a couple of episodes that I've watched a few more times. Like mm -hmm. the one on tardigrades, the mi microscopic little beings that can survive an atomic blast, atomic bomb, they can survive without oxygen. They think that you know, and apparently they like they're immune to several diseases, including many different types of cancer. Wow. So yeah, and I mean, if I'm wrong, listeners feel free to correct me. But I, but I, that apparently a lot of people are thinking that's the key to humanity's future. But mm -hmm. time will tell. And speaking of time, it looks like we are out of it. Daniel DeWin, thank you so much for coming on Squawk yes. Talk. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate it. It's been extraordinary. And above all, <coughs> thank you for your service, sir. Uh -huh. um, Braden, uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, it's Tuesday, so I guess we'll see you all Thursday. Yeah. Um, just stay warm, that's for sure. Stay uh -huh. warm and stay squawking. Also be checking the website at Squawk Radio, the Twitter at Big Squawk, and the Instagram at Squawk Radio. And uh, we'll be we'll be keeping you updated. We'll we'll be squawking with you. And also, now that the technical difficulties are fixed, we're gonna get those phone lines up. And boop boop. You know, we don't know Finally. when exactly we're gonna have these guests come on, but we've got some very high profile guests oh, yeah. coming on for you, Definitely. as well as the return of Representative Mike Sanders. So, uh, you know, stay warm and keep on squawking. Tune in Thursday. <laughs>